0: Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode 22 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, information, new releases, and fun, super happy smile times. I try and change it up every week. I'm Ryan Penagos, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel
1: Digital Media Group, also known as Agent M, joined by... I am Marvel.com Associate Editor Ben Morse, also the Digital Coordinator of Super Happy Fun Smile Time, as of this week. Congratulations on that! Yeah, by thanks, the way. man. Work long, long road, but you know, worth the reward.
0: Joined as always, but well, not as always, as usual, by our awesome intern Nancy Wynn Did I say it right? Oh yay! Congratulations! Yeah. Woo I did it. All those letters are silent, so I remembered that. Nancy's here, and also, first time on the show, we have Blake Garris, our associate producer.
2: I I hired you. What is your title? Of editorial content and programming.
0: Yes, Blake. This is his third day at Marvel as a full-time employee. He was a freelance writer for me before. It took several months to get him in here and hired as a salaried employee, but we finally did it. He is going to take on the duties of editing this podcast, so he's sitting in on at least this episode to see what we do and get a a feel for our weirdness and all the the stuff that he's going to have to cut out from this.
1: Blake's got a vo- great voice for radio, too, so hopefully he'll contribute. It's like having Waylon Jennings on the podcast.
2: Hello, darling. <laughs>
1: Maybe not. Wait,
2: that's Conway <laughs> <not>. Twitty. Yeah.
1: because <laughs> yeah, uh, Blake... the references continue to
0: fly over most of our audience's <laughs> head. Blake comes to us from South Carolina. He does... Blake, well, t- tell the fans a little bit about you.
2: I used to work in television. I've, I used to teach college. I... That's about it.
0: That's it? You just taught college and worked in television?
2: And worked on the web. So,
0: yeah, well, You've done a lot of interviews with bands for me, some cool celebrity outreach, mm-hmm. some fun stuff. Don't sell yourself short. You're, you're going to be a superstar. <laughs> what is that song? You're an all-star. Hey, now.
1: That's <laughs> not. You know what? Let's stop it's there good. No, before we it's get good. to... You're bringing it into... from Wayland Janes and Conway 20 up to at least Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> is that, we'll that be... band? Yeah, hopefully we will be the year 2000 by the end of this podcast. <laughs> Unacceptable. But well, you know what? For those of you
0: just joining us, this is your first episode of This Week in Marvel. Uh, what we do is run down all the new releases for comics, for digital comics, for collections, talk about all the new stuff that is available, whether it's in clothing, accessories, toys, video games, on television, all kinds of fun stuff, and then we get into your questions. If you guys have questions for us, you want us to discuss and answer on an episode of This Week in Marvel, tweet to us. I'm at Agent underscore M on Twitter. Ben is at Ben J. Morse. Blake is at Blake Garris, G-A-R-R-I-S, and we also have Stromy at S-T-R-O-M-M-Y. He's going to chime in a little bit later with some stuff from the LA office, and you can also use the hashtag This Week in Marvel, one word. That's got a lot of chatter every week. It's really great. We've got some fantastic fans. We'll get to those later, but right now we're going to jump right into the comics on sale this week. And it looks like I'm going to kick things off with Astonishing X-Men number 48. Switching things up. Yep. This is the first issue of a new creative team. You've got Marjorie Liu and Mike Perkins, two really great people. I genuinely like them as human beings. And thankfully, they are fantastic at what they do. Marjorie was writing X-23 and now she's on Astonishing X-Men. Mike Perkins previously was on the Stand series. For
1: years. 900 issues yeah. of the Stand did he draw. Good for him. Fantastic work. I remember Mike coming in early, like in the fall, yep. basically. He was he was finishing up the Stand and he was lining up his next project and saying, you know, what a great experience the Stand had been, what an honor it had been. He loved drawing it. But he was so ready to get back to drawing superheroes because that's bread and butter and that's where this project came from
0: yep so in this issue we switched the focus of astonishing x-men from the sort of Cyclops team to now a Wolverine centric group or at least uh, uh, Iceman, Warbird, Cecilia Reyes, yeah. what's up? bring it CC as Wolverine calls her yes. which I thought that was very cute and Gambit unfortunately Gambit but as I tweeted the other night or I posted to my blog These guys, Marjorie and Mike, actually make me not hate Gambit. I won't go so far as to say I like Gambit, because I don't, but he's tolerable. I really like his relationship
1: with Cecilia Reyes in this book. Marjorie Liu on X-23 and now on this has done a lot of work bringing Gambit kind of into the 21st century, because a lot of people just tend to, you know, I, I enjoy the character, but a lot of people just tend to write him as if it were still 1991, And he's the same guy he was back then. But Marjorie's really made an effort to kind of portray him in a different kind of light, to make him more of a fully realized adult character, not just a cliche. And yeah, it continues here.
0: Yep. In this, you've got some big trouble brewing for this team of X-Men. And I won't spoil who the villains are, but I was pleasantly surprised when they showed up in this issue. We already said it.
1: We did? Numerous interviews. Oh. So you can go ahead and spoil away. (laughs)
0: Well,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it was in all the advance for the new was creator it? team.
0: Yep. No, I'm not going to say okay. it. Okay. That's fine. But it's really cool. There's a lot of big stuff happening in Astonishing X-Men in the coming months, and it's great jumping on point, yeah. really fun book, dug it a lot, hope you guys do as well.
1: In Avengers number 24.1, the spotlight falls on the Vision, and this is a very interesting issue for a lot of reasons. We basically start off with a flashback to Avengers Disassembled, which was Brian Michael Bendis' first story on Avengers, and in that story, which took place had to be like eight years ago almost, Mm. a long time ago, when Brian started his run on Avengers, one of the first things he did was he basically got rid of the Vision, who had been a standby of the Avengers for years, just always on the team, and he was destroyed in Brian's first arc, which we flash back to here. Now, Brian has brought him back to kind of bookend his run and he was in the most recent arc of Avengers, but here we learn about his kind of journey back to life, and he starts tying up loose ends that he left when he was destroyed. He confronts She-Hulk, who was the person physically responsible for his destruction, even though his, his wife, the Scarlet Witch, was the one kind of pulling the strings. He also has a very, very intense and interesting confrontation with Magneto, Scarlet Witch is technically his father-in-law and someone historically he has never gotten along with. And what this issue really made me think was, Bendis, why haven't you been writing The Vision for the past eight <laughs> years? Because Bendis writes a great vision. The Vision is one of my favorite old school characters. I'm a big old school Avengers fan, and that cold, uh, calculating android character who also has more heart than just about anyone else on the team. And Bendis just nails it here in his confusion over what has happened, over in his, his anger, how he lashes out it. He forgives She-Hulk in words, but it's hard for him to fully do it. And then he has a just phenomenal moment with Captain America at the end. So just an awesome exploration for a character who hasn't been around for a while. Brandon Peterson's on Art This Issue, and he's a great choice. He's really refined his style in recent years to be kind of the preeminent guy when it comes to drawing technology, so he's perfect for the vision but also brings a really expressive touch to all the human elements of the story. And, you know, this isn't an action-packed story. It really is a human-focused story on the Vision. And it was really nice for me. It was a breath of fresh air to see the Vision back. And I'm both thrilled and angry at how well Brian handles him now that Brian is wrapping up his Avengers run. And I could have been getting a decade of this. Instead, I'll I'll settle for for what I got. And that carries over kind of nicely to uh, the next book we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, if you're a fan of The Vision Mm -hmm. or of Ben writing The Vision, then you should certainly be checking out. If you want to get into what we're doing this year, this is the start of it. AVX number 0 is the prelude issue to the big, crazy, intense war that's coming between the Avengers and the X-Men and... This issue has two stories, one written by Brian Michael Bendis which has a focus on Scarlet Witch and Vision, drawn by Frank Cho. The other half of the book is a Hope Summers focused issue drawn by Frank Cho, written by Jason Aaron. There's so much going on here, it's it's hard to to really find a place to start, but a Modok is in this mm-hmm. and Frank Cho draws one hell of a Modok, has some really cool creature designs. Right. Also draws monkeys, loves the monkeys. Frank Cho does. Also loves the ladies. If you didn't know, he draws the female figure. He draws the female figure. I'll leave it at that. There's a lot of ladies in this issue all over the place. You've got Ms. Marvel, Spider-Woman, Scarlet Witch. If you like to see Frank Cho draw ladies, this is a definite must-have for you he
1: did an interview with frank show last week where he was talking about the characters He was excited to draw again he was very excited to draw miss marvel again and he did say that a few times in the second story the editors had to kind of remind him that hope is only like 15 or 16 so you know pull back a little bit draw yeah. her like an actual teenager but he did it yeah frank Cho is a very talented very talented dude he sure
0: is uh and also in this serpent society yep our favorites. ticking it off. All stars of the Marvel villain universe. Yeah. They are in this issue, and
1: they get it's... the holy hell beaten out of them by Hope. Well, that's what they do. Yeah. That's that's their function. Perennial jobbers, note, but note, we love them. Yeah, note that story takes place in San Francisco. That's going to be important very soon to the podcast. But the Serpent Society just got beat up in San Francisco. Yes,
0: tease I'm teasing. Tease it. Tease it up. I mean, this issue is great. You've got important point story points for scarlet witch and yeah. hope two very pivotal characters to avengers versus x-men what they do in this book feeds into where they will be in the rest of avengers versus x-men
1: We're playing right off the avengers point one issue we just talked about basically avengers 24.1 is the vision searching for the scarlet witch he doesn't find her they reunite in this issue and it is
0: heart-wrenching it's a heartbreaker it totally it is, is. Tough.
1: i have Always love that relationship. I remember, actually, when Bendis took over Avengers, he said he never got the Scarlet Witch-Vision relationship, but clearly something has happened in the last... 10 years because he writes the heck out of it i mean the second story about hope it's very ominous and it's kind of fun you get to see hope really stutter stuff and sets her up as why she's such a cool character with the scarlet witch it's really a lot more of an emotional story and look at where this character has come from and look at where she's at so it does set both of them up for avx but in very different ways yeah and i
0: talked about how frank draws women and that's great and all but he is a master of facial expressions yeah he's a master of everything he's he's really one of the finest artists in comics but the amount of emotion he conveys, specifically through facial expressions yeah. from ladies, for men, for androids, for beast characters, it's all there. He's just, he's so damn good. It's really beast nice characters? to see. Beast characters? Yeah. Like beast? Beast or this fella? Serpents? Serpents. Serpents. That, that's a beast. Yeah. That's a, that's a form of beast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We could go on This for days. is... You guys got to read this. I don't... Pivotal comment. Yeah. Over in Avenging Spider-Man number five, remember what I said about the Serpent Society getting beat up in San Francisco? Well, across the country in New York City, the Serpent Society, because they are just some of the hardest working villains in the Marvel Universe, are getting beat up by the Avengers in New York City. This uh, issue of Avenging Spider-Man, another fun issue by Zeb Wells with some gorgeous art by Lionel Francis Yu, turns the focus to Spider-Man and Captain America, although really... The Avengers are featured in whole. You've got Hawkeye, who was in the last issue. You have Wolverine. You have Spider-Woman. And they tie up the loose ends from the previous issue of Avengers Spider-Man, where was Hawkeye and Spider-Man against Serpent Society. They go and get the rest of Serpent Society here. The focus here is really on the fact that the Avengers find some of Captain America's old comics from when he was Steve Rogers. His vocation is that he is an artist, aside from being a soldier. And he used to doodle and someone selling an auction some of his old comics and they're really corny golden age ones awesome devoted to selling war bonds they're very funny and spider-man becomes fixated with the idea that cap is a nerd just like him peter's a science nerd caps a comics nerd they should bond more so you have this fun story with the avengers going after serpent society hawkeye in his old costume because it's laundry day which is just a great gag and the whole time, Spider-Man kind of needling Captain America. Like, hey, we should hang out more. Hey, we have a lot in common. And Captain America just being like, trying to be polite, but at some point just snaps. It's just like, look, I am not that guy. Like, I am not the scrawny guy I was in the 40s and kind of hurts Spider-Man's feelings a little bit. They mend things up, but it's, it's, it's a fun issue. Zeb Wells has just been doing really fun stuff here. And again, some great artwork on this issue. And, you know, Serpent Society. Plus, you got the uh, free digital... Download with this issue. It's one of the one of the issues where you can get a free coupon inside. I think that's true of AVX number zero as well. It certainly is,
0: Benjamin. Yeah. This week we also have Captain America and Bucky number six twenty eight, wrapping up the story by James Asmus, Ed Brubaker, and Francesco Francavilla. Really cool stuff. They finally take down Adam and the androids and all the the crazy business that's been going on and get some good resolution to the replacement Captain America story that was that happened way back when and had come up through this story. Really cool ending, and then this leads right into the new direction for the book with being called Captain America and
1: Hawkeye next month. Check that out. Doc and Dark Wolverine number 23, the final issue of the series, a series that I've been pushing very hard for the last few months, imploring people to check it out, and it's written by Rob Williams, art by Matteo Bufagni, Paco Diaz, Riley Rosmo, and Andrea Muti. Obviously, if you haven't picked up the book yet, this is not the easiest jumping on point, but I still just think it's a great issue. I love what Rob Williams has done with Dokken, this complex son of Wolverine. And You really kind of see in this issue the contrast between him and Wolverine. Wolverine is just this stone-cold but honorable killer. Dawkins is so complicated, and he's dying. This is his final gamble against the entire Marvel Universe, and he does fight the Avengers, the Future Foundation, the X-Men, everyone here. It really is almost one issue of the Marvel Universe versus Dawkins. He's holding New York City hostage with a scheme he's cooked up. He gets some incredible one-liners off against guys like Spider-Man and The Thing, but then just descends as he knows he's falling apart and just tears everyone down with him. Dawkins has been a great character exploration story, particularly under Rob Williams, this person who is so conflicted and inherently not a good guy. It's been a very different kind of book because it's a book about a villain. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. I'm going to miss this series a lot. And I really hope that when these final issues come out in trade and when they're out on the Marvel Comics app, which I believe they are now, people should really check it out. Talking by Rob Williams was an excellent series.
0: Daredevil number 10 is out this week. I don't even know what to say anymore. (laughs) Talking about this, this comic book is like dancing about architecture. It's like, it's so good. You can't do it full justice by talking about it. Just from the cover alone, you start in the cover and boom, you're off and running. It's got one of my favorite covers of 2012 oh, yeah. by Paulo Rivera and, and crew. And then story by Mark Wade, art by Paulo Rivera, Joe Rivera, and Javier Rodriguez. Really one of the tightest, most mind blowing art teams in yeah. comics
1: right now. Paulo Rivera has always been good. He yeah. seems to get better with every second. And I think this represents a high point, particularly as he's starting to adapt the. Uh, style that he and Marcos Martin originated about showing Daredevil's powers and working in how he sees it's incredible the rate at which he's improving.
0: Yep. This issue it's the resolution to the story with Mole Man and what is happening below the surface of the earth, why Mole Man has taken all these corpses essentially Mm -hmm. and it's it's a heartbreaker it's rough it, it's sad they really elevate mole man again they were yeah. they were doing that a little bit last issue but this issue he actually fights one-on-one with daredevil
1: yeah obviously that's very
0: cool to see yeah he mole man's not gonna beat daredevil because come on daredevil what's up yeah. aside from the movie he's perfect and <laughs> i wanted to see the look on ben's
1: face really it, I, have the, it, I have the people on my side
0: yeah I don't yeah yeah it. it's great i don't want to spoil anything mm-hmm. it's
1: look you guys have to read daredevil it's, it's a must read through and through dark tower the gunslinger the way station number four we've talked about this before it's continuing the story of the dark tower written by robin firth and peter david art by Lawrence campbell these are all new original stories it's set in the universe of the dark tower so if you're a fan of the books if you're have been following the comics this is all new material for you to pick out also out this week deadpool max 2 number six wrapping up that series written and drawn by david lapham Certainly not like anything else we publish. One of the craziest rides you'll you'll take in a while. So do check that out if you are a mature reader. Yes. <laughs> what? Another, another, another. You want kids picking up Deadpool Max? No, I certainly not. Where's your do sense of responsibility, Ryan
0: Penagos? I certainly do not. Yeah. Here we go, guys. Okay. This is it. Okay. FF16. I'll roll this comic book up. And slap Blake across the face with yeah. it. it's so good.
1: I'd like to see you do that. No, no. you know that that's... Oh, his face is so beautiful. I wish you people could see <laughs> this issue. It's just a is... sun-kissed Adonis. If you guys read
0: Fantastic Four last week, you know it wrapped up a lot of the points that Hickman had been building to. This is the companion piece to that. This puts a cap on a lot more of it. For me, this is this is just about as perfect as comics get. Really, you've got story by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Nick Dragoda and Steve Epting doing just knockdown, dragout drag-out work. Amazing Color by Chris Sotomayor and Paul Mounts, respectively, with uh, Nick Dragoda and Steve Epting. Again, it's one of those books that I don't know how to convey to you guys how much I love it. You've got Doom in this. You've got the kids and the rest of the Future Foundation. You've got big things changes to their status quo, a cool new spaceship. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in this. It ends on one of those holy beep moments that
1: uh, it's disgusting how good it is. It's really the little things in this issue, too, the interpersonal relationships, whether it's Franklin and Valeria, how they interact with their adult counterparts, which I really like. Valeria's narration in this issue is fantastic, but her kind of disdain towards her adult counterpart where he's Franklin, almost idol worship. Like he's like, oh, I'm gonna be so cool when I'm an adult. And you can just see it yeah. in his eyes. Spider Man and Johnny Storm's humorous little interaction. So it's like the fun character bits amidst this huge universe shaking stuff, particularly towards the end. It really is a perfect marriage of the stuff that makes comics great.
0: Yeah. Jonathan makes Reed cool, he makes the characters all have their own specific things right. that make you love them even more than you may have before. This is my favorite run on Fantastic Four. There was was
1: no character less cool to me when I was a kid than Mr. Fantastic with his grain temples and his stretchy powers. And guys like Jonathan Hickman have gone a long way towards showing 12-year-old me what a close minded jerk he was. (laughs) I remind him every day.
0: And I did get goose pimples in this issue when Franklin calls Galactus by his name, oh, he calls yeah. him Gallon. and just that like,
1: conversation between adult Franklin and Galactus—oh, that's a that's a tearjerker too. Yeah. Man, a lot of sadness in comics this week. A lot of just make you want to cry books. But uh, there's a, there's
0: also a bit of hope to it all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the best way to do it. Sadness tempered by hope. Yep. That's what we're all about here. Sad hope. Another Rob Williams ending this week. Dawkins came to an end, and Ghost Rider also came to an end with issue number nine. This is another Rob Williams ambitious series that I loved. Um, It wraps up the story of Alejandra, her ill-fated, somewhat run as Ghost Rider, and brings Johnny Blaze back into the saddle. You don't sit on a saddle on a motorcycle. What do you sit on, Nancy? You work at a biker bar. Tell us. She is a biker. Just a seat, right? Just There's no seat. cool fancy oh, You're a name you're for it? biker as well? Yeah. I thought you just worked it. Look at you, badass. Nancy's essentially the girl with the dragon tattoo, minus I don't, potentially the dragon tattoo. I've
0: not read or seen any of that, so I'll assume that is 100%
1: true. I mean, true. And, the, I and the gross emotional problems, I hope. Hey, but, you know. Let's get back on track. The cool yeah. stuff. So, anyways, this nice, again, sad. Ending of sorts to Alejandra's tenure as Ghost Rider. I'm not going to say what ends up happening with her. And also really says a lot about the character of Johnny Blaze and his place in the Marvel Universe and his place in the Ghost Rider mythos. Drawn by Lee Garvey, also with Emanuela Lupecino. Emanu- Emanuela. Emanuela Lupecino. Emanuela Lupecino. So, so you know, good. there's Some great art. Both She's, great artists. I'm looking at you, Blake. Yeah. Her art, knock you on your ass, dude. Yeah. So... A nice wrap to the uh, Ghost Rider series. That's another one now that it's come to a close. I urge you to on the digital comics and with the trades, please check out Rob Williams' work. Great guy, and hopefully we'll be seeing more from him soon.
0: Another ending this week, Marvel Adventures Spider-Man number 24. Final issue of Paul Tobin's run on the book, final issue of the book, which has spanned more than 24 issues because it was back in the previous run of the book. Really super great Spider-Man stories. You get two of them in this issue, as you do with all the issues. Uh, one drawn by Rob DeSalva, the other one drawn by Matteo Lowly. Just fantastic stuff. Spidey versus the Absorbing Man and Spidey dealing with Kingpin. You've got Blonde Phantom. A lot of the elements. You've got Chat, who's Spidey's girlfriend in this series. One of my favorite characters. Really just great stuff. I'm going to miss it. I'm genuinely going to miss this universe, this series. But it opens us up to... New comics from the Ultimate Spider-Man animated universe. More stuff coming. We got a
1: nice tease in our our bundles this week of Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, which is going to be the new comic, new all-ages Spider-Man comic coming. It was great. It was fun. It was entertaining. And we'll also be telling you later in the show how you can check out a quick preview of that comic. We will? We sure will, Ryan. Awesome. We sure will. All right. Mighty
0: Thor, number 12, written by Matt Fraction with breakdowns by Giuseppe Camancoli and finishes by Klaus Janson, colors by Frank Darmada. We've been talking about this for for a while now. Thor, he was dead. He's not. He had to deal with the Demon Gorge and had to save all these other dead gods that were about to be consumed and erased from existence. At the same time, you've got the Norn Queen, what is it, Carnilla, yeah. Carnilla and Ulik and their army assaulting Asgardia. Thor comes back kicks some major ass, beats up everything he can. You've got Loki, you've got
1: Silver Surfer popping in here. The Loki Silver Surfer duo has been a favorite of ours for several issues loki shines and loki shines in every issue he's in but you know loki owns this issue as he generally does and Mm -hmm. then man that ending the ending was so great can't say anything about it uh, i don't think no you you gotta just let people experience it yourself but if you've been reading thor not just for this arc but for the last few years Mm -hmm. this ending is something you have likely been waiting for yeah and it does not disappoint. It's yeah. a beautiful ending, really satisfying. Yeah, I was very happy. Thank you, Matt Fraction, for that. Yes, Moon Knight number eleven, the penultimate issue of Moon Knight by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev with colors by Matt Hollingsworth. This is an all-out action issue. But there's a little talking at the beginning. There's a little talking at the ending. Mostly, it is just a brutal, gritty one-on-one battle between Moon Knight and Madame Mask. It's the type of thing Alex Maleev was born to draw. It's dirty, it's messy, it's violent, it is beautiful in a sick sort of way. And we see Moon Knight really step it up and use a lot of the techniques he's been adapting over the course of the series as he prepares for his big final showdown with Count Nefaria. So if you're looking for a good fight, check out Moon Knight number 11 this week. And speaking of good fights, over in New Avengers number 23, the long-awaited conclusion to the Norman Osborn Hammer Dark Avengers saga, We have the final fight between the the new Dark Avengers and the plain old new Avengers. We have Scar, who was revealed as being on the side of Angels in the previous issue, turns against the Dark Avengers, wrecks things up, really takes them to school, and then the new Avengers come in and similarly get their smackdown on the Dark Avengers. This arc, we've set it by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Mike Diodato, assisted by Will Conrad has really been just fun to watch the New Avengers fight the Dark Avengers and all these weird combinations. And this is no exception. Daredevil and Iron Fist get some great moments. Wolverine gets his moments. Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, everybody. And ends on a bit of a cliffhanger for Luke Cage. But again, I would say Moon Knight and New Avengers is a nice back-to-back fight, 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 get ready for more fights. AVX is coming. Fight night combo is how I would sell it. Were I selling it? You I are am, selling it. Which I am right now.
0: Very good. You want more Avengers? Damn it, you've got more Avengers. Secret <laughs> Avengers, <laughs> number 24 out this week, by Rick Remender, Gabriel Hardman, Great Colors, by Betty Brettweiser. We've been talking about this book since Rick and Gabe came on. It's two or three issues now. And you've got pretty much everything going wrong for Hawkeye's Secret Avengers team. Yeah, Things are in a bad way. Captain Britain and Human Torch are probably the only ones who have a glimmer of hope right now, but it does end on a cool moment for the the team yeah. who's who's stuck in this robot city.
1: Yep. What did they call it? The core. The core. Yeah. The core. Like that movie. It's nothing like the, Nothing like, like, that like the movie The Core. Nope. But you know what? There's a neat fit with Captain Britain in here that even he's kind of imperiled because his armor is somewhat reliant on technology. It's a common it's a fusion of magic and technology, and he has to kind of shut off the technological aspect because it is trying to basically join. With all the other sentient machine life forms down in the core, so all the all the Avengers face interesting challenges here. And it, Rick Remender is so good at making every page packed with info, with action, with everything. It definitely feels longer than whatever page count it has.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna say that it's a very dense, very full book and it's great you feel like you're getting so much out of this one comic and it's great and rick's such a jerk though he yeah. just does awful things just to all his characters yeah. that he's writing and it's just every issue i read i'm like man he's so good i hate him yeah. why would he do that to yep. in this issue beast and there's there's yeah. a lot of heavy stuff but another great issue is secret avengers in the
1: penultimate issue of the twelve. Issue number 11, we have Dynamic Man stands revealed as the villain of the piece, if you will. Junkless Dynamic Man. Junkless Dynamic Man. Eunuch Dynamic Man is the big bad of the Twelve. And unfortunately for the Twelve, he's also their most powerful member. So this issue is about them trying to find clever ways to defeat him. The Phantom Reporter takes center stage captain wonder fiery mask there's a lot of sacrifices some again fitting with the theme of the week really sad sacrifices can they ultimately take down dynamic man that's interesting you're gonna have to read it for that and just beautiful beautiful art by chris weston scripts by j michael straczynski but chris weston just delivers so hardcore his style is just amazing and i'm actually really looking now that the 12 is almost wrapped where does chris weston go from here that could be a very interesting question that hopefully we'll answer soon.
0: Ultimate Comics Ultimates number eight is out this week. Art by Isad Rubik and Dean White. It's written by Jonathan Hickman, but Isad and Dean. We've talked about all these great artists. You've got the Daredevil crew. Yeah. You've got the 12 crew. Isad and Dean may be my favorite art team this week. This is the prettiest issue of the week,
1: I don't even and re- that's on a week with Paulo Rivera, Daredevil issue. Yeah. No offense to Apollo, but
0: this is just beautiful. Looking at these pages, again, mm-hmm. as I, I read it several days ago, I just, I, I gotta set this book on fire and, and never yeah. think about it again because I can't handle it. It's yeah, so I want to blow
1: up some of these pages and frame them rather than set it on fire. But, you know, to each their own. Yeah, Whatever works for you. Yeah, celebrate comics in your own way, kids.
0: Yeah, well, this is great. I mean, if you've been reading The Ultimates or really any of The Ultimate Universe books lately... You know that heavy things are happening in the Southeastern Asian Republic, right. Seer, and then in the city. You've got these big factions moving against each other. A lot of heavy, crazy stuff going on. America's involved. The Ultimates are involved. Hulk plays a big part in this. Reed Richards, crazy, 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 yeah. crazy, 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 crazy,
1: crazy Reed Richards. You know, when we did our end-of-the-year awards on Marvel.com for 2011, um, we did our top ten villains. Ultimate Reed Richards ended up really, really high on the list. Well, how's that possible? There's only a few issue of Ultimate Comics Ultimates up, but he is so devious and just so cruel and just scary. He's a fantastic villain, and I love his conversation with the Hulk in this issue. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you also have the Zorns, Zorn and Zorn, and there's that really sad part with uh, Zorn with an X giving a eulogy for one of his uh, fallen brothers. But then you've got Zorn with a Z yep. taking his crew it's to another great
1: page. Look at just, that page. Yeah, you guys,
0: you can see this, right, yeah. as you're oh, listening wish you to this could. podcast?
1: The only way you can see it is to get it for yourself. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking about it.
0: Yeah. Ultimate Comics, the Ultimates, number eight. Stop it right now if you're not reading it.
1: And that's another comic that if you pick up, you get a uh, code for a free digital copy. So as with all the Ultimate books. Uncanny X-Force, number 23 by Rick Remender with art by Greg Tocini and also again by colors by Dean White concludes the Otherworld saga. We have the final confrontations between X-Force, the Captain Britain Corps and the forces that are laying siege to Otherworld. We learn something about those forces and there's a lot of Braddock family drama here. Stuff going on between Psylocke and Captain Britain that's really going to change their relationship. Some cool stuff with Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler and just a nice end to this four-part saga that I, I felt so bad for Psylocke by the end of it. This is, again, Rick Remender. I was just going to say. son of a gun. I just want to punch you in your beautiful some, face. something terrible happens to a character who wrote the book, of course, Rick Remender. Yeah. It's, Thanks, uh, he's he's taken Jason Aaron's spot as the... Number one torturer. I of his I did characters. think about that when what after
0: I read it, I was like, man,
1: he's Jason Aaron yep. uh, Jason Aaron's you know kind of, kind of mellowing. He writes Wh- Wolverine. The Wolverine X Men X-Men is more like fun. Yep. And- he's done with Wolverine, so he can't torture him anymore. So yeah, I think Rick Renner's really picked up the gauntlet and just spiked it into the ground. Finally, we conclude with X Men Legacy number two sixty four, kicking off another arc, which I'm really digging. It's written by Christos Gage with art by Rafa Sandoval. Two somewhat in-limbo characters make their return in Mimic and Weapon Omega of the Dark X-Men, and they come to the Jean Grey school with a problem, namely that Weapon Omega needs mutant energy to survive, and Mimic has been giving him his semi-mutant energy, which has turned him very sick and also into a living bomb. So it's a bad situation all around. X-Men have to find a way out of it before Weapon Omega explodes. Rogue makes some tough decisions, a lot of insight into Rogue's character here and what motivates her. But far and away, the best part of the issue, maybe not far and away, but a true highlight of the issue is the opening where it's Rogue and Cannonball. I love it because and Blake can appreciate this because there are two southern based characters who northern writers have been writing for years. So they all say I spelled ah or, you know, stuff like that. And they just have, like, a three-page conversation where it's just like, you know, there's no ING on anything. It's all an apostrophe. It's just a bizarre curiosity. But it's a great conversation, too. And I love Cannonball, so I'm always happy to see him. And Chamber returns in this issue. Yeah. And Chamber has a really cool scene. So, cool cast opening up in X-Men Legacy. All right, we got to pick a twin of the week. It's tough, man. It comes down to two for me. It's uh, FF number 16 and Avengers number 24.1 with Avengers versus X-Men number zero also being in the mix. I don't know. Uh, For me, it's Avengers 24.1, just because, like I said, I really didn't realize how much I wanted Brian Michael Bendis to write the vision. He did until, but I have a feeling FF16 really, really stole your heart. So we may have a split decision this week. I think we do. We may have to take it it to the fans. Yeah. But
0: let's let's, let's see what the rest of our room thought. Nancy, listening to us, which book would you choose? Mm.
2: I would do Avengers versus X Men number zero. because you said, it was a good,
1: interesting, point. very good. So that's so. a third opinion heard from. Cool,
2: Blake. I'm going with her. I'm really? very excited for yeah. the future of this Avengers versus X Men.
1: So I think we got a triple twin, triple twin of the week. Yeah, with uh, Avengers because as non-hosts they get half a vote apiece. So we've got one for Avengers versus X Men, one for Avengers, and one for FF. So that sounds fair. That's pretty good. Yeah, politics and yeah. math. Yep.
0: Political math. Yeah. All right, so let's go into our collections on sale this week. As always, thanks to Max Beckman for the Mm -hmm. list. We've got Anita Blake, Vampire Hunter, Circus of the Damned. Book two, The Ingenue. The Ingenue. Ingenue, thank you. And book three, The Scoundrel. The Ingenue is trade paperback. The Scoundrel is in premiere hardcover. Captain America, Death of the Red Skull, trade paperback. Deadpool, volume eight, Operation Annihilation, trade paperback. Fear Itself, Youth and Revolt, hardcover. Marvel Masterworks, Avengers, Volume 4, trade paperback. Marvel Masterworks, Young Allies, Volume 2, hardcover. Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe, A to Z, Volume 4, trade paperback. Volume 5 of Powers, The Anarchy, hardcover. Secret Avengers, Run Mission, Don't Get
1: Seen, Save the World. Is that... I think it's a premiere hardcover, but it wasn't listed on Max Beckman's list, which he provides us with every week. So find out for yourself, kids. It hasn't been released yet, so I would assume it is a premiere hardcover. Okay.
0: Secret Warriors, Volume 6, Wheels Within Wheels, trade paperback. I think that's the last
1: collection of Secret Warriors. Yes. Shattered Heroes, hardcover. Now that's collecting the uh, Fear Itself epilogue issues, as well as Point One, the one-shot. And Thunderbolts, The Great Escape, trade paperback. As far as our Twim of the Week for collections on sale, I've got to go with Max Beckman himself, who said, Secret Avengers, run mission, don't get seen, save the world. That, Is that, was, the Warren Ellis that stuff? was those Warren Ellis Done. issues, and I just thought that was Done. dynamite. So Done. That's, that's my collected Twim of the Week. I was going to go with
0: Secret Warriors mm. until you, you laid out exactly yep. what's in that Secret Avengers run. Boom. I just lo- I loved every one of those issues Perfect that comments. Warren Ellis did. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm going to punch you across the table.
1: Thanks, man. No problem. So in addition to the stuff we listed, we have some digital comics released on the Marvel Comics app this week that are out of, of the print comics we, we listed. And again, I think it's it's just about everything. We've got Astonishing X-Men number 48, Avengers vs. X-Men number zero, Avengers number 24.1, Avenging Spider-Man number five, Captain America and Bucky number 628, and Dark Wolverine number 23, Daredevil number 10, FF number 16, Mighty Thor number 12, Moon Knight number 11, New Avengers number 23, Secret Avengers number 24, The 12 number 11, Ultimate Comics Ultimates number 8, Uncanny X Force number 23, X Men Legacy number 264. In addition, as I was saying earlier, the Ultimate Spider Man premiere comic, so a preview of Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider Man, is also available via the Marvel Comics app and I believe that is every book with the exception of Dark Tower which is a best-selling author and thus not on the Marvel Comics app yet but everything else is available day and date so everything we talked about you can also pick up on the Marvel Comics app.
0: Did you also note once again that Avengers vs. X-Men number 0, Ultimate Comics Ultimates number
1: 8, and Avenging Spider-Man number 5, all have the free digital codes. Uh, I did not note that, and since you're sitting across from me, I believe you knew that and just brought it up to shame me. I'm not going to say I did. I'm not no, going to say I didn't. I'm saying you did. You don't need to worry about it. Fair enough. In addition to those day to date comics, we also have some older comics released on the Marvel Comics app, and those include Daredevil, issues number 76 through 80, wrapping up the Brian Michael Bendis run. All five issues of the Iron Age, so that's Iron Age Alpha, Iron Age 1 through 3, and then Iron Age Omega. So you can read that entire story, start to finish, on the Marvel Comics app. Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, Fury's Big Week, number 8. Final issue. Yes. Awesome stuff. The first six issues of Strike Force Moratory, which we've been talking up on the podcast lately. Some cool, not seen in a while stuff you're going to want to check out. The final three issues, number 98 through 100, of the Ultimate X-Men series. Issues number 39 through... 45 of X-Factor, and then issues 242, 243, 244, as well as 248 and 249 of X-Men Legacy. All available on the Marvel Comics app.
0: Also on the Marvel Comics app, digital collections released this week include Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 1, Cable Deadpool, Volume 3, The Human Race, Mm. Immortal Iron Fist, Volume 1, The Last Iron Fist Story, New Avengers, Volume 6, Revolution, New X-Men by Grant Morrison, Volume 3.
1: And Runaways, Volume 4, True Believers. That's a really strong crop of collection. Ridiculous. Mean, all good stuff, but particularly I love Cable Deadpool, I love Mortal Iron Fist, and I love that Runaways collection.
0: And so, New New X-Men. Yep. Oh, oh, so good. Yeah. Makes me
1: happy. Comics. Yeah, But the Marvel Comics app is not the only way you can read comics digitally. You can also head over to Marvel.com, go to our Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited section, and we have released a plethora of new comics this week, including Fear Itself, The Homefront, number 6, FF, number 4, Herc, issues 4 through 6, FF, number 5, Herc, number 7, New Avengers, issues 15 through 16, as well as 16.1, with art by Neil Adams, Herc, number 8, Wolverine, The Best There Is, one of our favorites, issues 7, 8, 9, and 10, and then the rest of the week we will be putting out shield number two from the current series steve rogers super soldier annual number one part of the escape from the negative zone storyline uncanny x-force issues number six seven and eight and then coming out tomorrow assuming this goes up on thursday which it usually does it's we'll all up have... to Blake this week oh all right this is on him so going up friday we will have scar king of the savage land issues number one two three four and five very
0: good all right so that wraps up all our comic book stuff All the new releases this week but that's not the end of new stuff available this week first up we've got new costumes for Avengers Alliance a Facebook game I know you guys are playing it because I hear you guys talking about it all the time new costumes are brown and tan Wolverine black suit spider-man and heroic age Hawkeye and now there's two versions of each of these new costumes the new costumes one version retains that character's class so Spider-Man, he's an infiltrator in his regular costume. There's a black suit Spider-Man, which retains the infiltrator status. But there's also a black suit Spider-Man that puts him as a bruiser status. I bought that one because Spidey's one of my top two guys in the game. And he's he's a beast. It's really cool because it makes you feel like, oh man, it's black suit Spider-Man. He's all Venomed out. It's really cool. He just beats the crap out of people. It's really fun to play with him in PvP. Good stuff. We're also going to have Storm alternate costume coming and yesterday i showed ben and blake some of the alternate costumes that we haven't released yet that we haven't teased that we have not told anyone about yet and they were pretty cool
1: yeah a lot of good ones coming up
0: yep also you can pick up new polo shirts for mighty fine they have a few of them they have marvel iconic logos so the
1: avengers a x-men x the ultimate comic spider-man spidey logo so if you're heading to the country club this weekend for a round of tennis and you want to show your Marvel fandom, or if you just want to wear a nice shirt, yeah. you can pick up the Mighty Fine polo shirts. I actually might grab a couple of those myself. I love polo shirts. They make me feel classy. I'm going to leave that there. We're going to kick it over to Mark, who's going to tell us about other
0: stuff available From games and TV. Mark, take it away.
3: Hello, hello, hello there, This Week in Marvel listeners. This is Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, a.k.a. Marvel.com assistant editor out in Los Angeles, out of Marvel Studios, coming to you with the latest on what is on TV this week in Marvel. First up, we have the big premiere of Marvel Universe this Sunday, April 1st at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Marvel Universe, for those of you who don't know, is our new programming block on Disney XD. It consists of Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. This kicks off at 11 with the hour-long series premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man. That's right, you get not one, but two whole episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man this Sunday, as well as the second season premiere of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which features not only your Avengers, but Doctor Doom, the Fantastic Four, And some other surprises that I will not spoil for you. But anyway, check it out. Watch it. It's going to be great. I've seen y'all. It's awesome. Hour and a half of pure Marvel joy. Not only do you get two episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and one episode of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes... But you also get to see the premiere of some of our short-form content. We have a new series of interstitials called Marvel Mashup, which I talked a little bit about last week. Marvel Mashup basically takes old classic animated footage from shows like Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends or the 1982 animated Incredible Hulk series. It re-edits them. It's all redubbed. It's hilarious you will enjoy it very much i believe you have two episodes of marvel mashup coming your way in the middle of the marvel universe block we've also got the fury files promos which give you a little bit more information on some of the characters seen in the marvel universe there will be several other short forms, uh, something called Masterclass, in which you get to see how Joe Quesada brings some of your favorite Marvel heroes to life on the drawing board, and even more. Apart from that, and moving on to a different corner of Marvel, we have the finale to the Blade anime series, also airing on Sunday. This is what it's all been building up to. It's Blade versus Deacon Frost, and uh, he has to foil Deacon's master plan in order to save the world. And yes, you can catch the full finale Sunday morning at 4 a.m. only on G4, and that will bring Blade to its bloody conclusion. That pretty much covers everything we have. On TV this week, remember to tune in to the Marvel Universe on Disney XD at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 Central. And check out the premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man and the season premiere of Avengers. Aside from that, I will send you back to Ryan and Ben. And I will be here again shortly with more on Marvel movies and TV news.
0: Thank you, Mark. All right, let's go right into Marvel news. I'll kick it off. This week, I'm putting out the George R.R. R. Martin interview I conducted last year. Really, towards the end of the year, George R.R. R. Martin, who has written all the Game of Thrones books and is involved with the Game of Thrones. I should say George R.R. R. Martin, who has written the A Song of Fire and Ice series, which includes Game of Thrones and Dance with Dragons and all that stuff and was also involved with the Game of Thrones television series. He's a huge Marvel fan. He's been a Marvel fan since he was a kid, and I got to talk to him. It was really cool. He told me all kinds of tidbits and what he likes about comics, some of the stuff he doesn't like about comics, and what he liked about the movies. It was a really great conversation, so we're going to put that out this week. I'm super excited to get that out in the world. We talked about the Mighty Fine polo shirts. We have a new Wolverine mini bust from Gentle Giant that is available for pre-order, but we released the images for that. And we also have new Avengers stickers on Get Glue. If you, well, by the time this goes up, you will have already missed the Black Widow sticker. Hopefully you got to check in and get that. Well, there's another sticker available now. Get up on that. Check into Marvel's The Avengers on Get Glue. Keep coming back to Marvel's The Avengers on Get Glue. I think you'll, you'll find there's some more fun stuff coming.
1: Ben? In the world of comics, we had a lot of big stuff this week. We talked about and announced AVX digital coupons, which is following up on some of our past campaigns. If you pick up Avengers vs. X-Men number one digitally, you will also receive a coupon for $5 to spend in your local comic shop. So you're getting even more value just by picking up AVX number one digitally. We had our WrestleMania countdown this week, as WrestleMania is taking place this Sunday. We spoke to WWE champion CM Punk as well as Sheamus, who will be challenging for the World Championship this Sunday. We spoke to them about WrestleMania, but also about Avengers vs. X-Men. These guys are both huge comic fans, so it was really fun to get their take on the upcoming event. We had another teaser for Spider-Man, which revealed a little bit more of what this story is going to be about. I'm not going to describe it here. Go over to Marvel.com and check it out. We recapped yet another Gene Grey School live tweet, this one in the class of High Stakes Combat Shatterstar was our psych ward, and then we had a slew of previews and sneak peeks, including Avengers vs. X Men number 2, AVX vs. number 1, Avengers number 25, Wolverine the X Men number 9, Defenders number 5, and finally Captain America number 10. Whole lot of news. Strami, tell us what you got
3: welcome back true believers this is marvel.com assistant editor mark strom coming to you once again from marvel studios out in los angeles here with all the latest on marvel tv and film news as i mentioned before the big event this week is the launch of the marvel universe block on disney XT, which i am crazy excited for We've got the premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man, season premiere of Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and since we've been building up to that, we've been bringing you tons of awesome new Marvel Universe content all this week. Let's see here, in no particular order, just running down the list, we brought you a new behind-the-scenes preview of Ultimate Spider-Man today, if you are listening to this when the podcast goes up on Thursday, featuring video interviews with a number of the cast and creators, including Shai McBride, who plays Nick Fury, Drake Bell, who plays Spider-Man, I believe we had Steven Weber on there who plays Norman Osborn, we had Court Lane, one of the series producers, Jeff Loeb I believe, who is the head of Marvel Television. Go check it out so you can learn more about the series. We also released five teasers for events that are coming up this season on Ultimate Spider-Man, much like we did last week with Avengers or Mightiest Heroes. And with these, we basically blacked out certain characters in five different screenshots. So you'll have to go to Marvel.com right now, check out those, see if you can guess who it is Spidey is encountering in each one of them, and then watch the series every Sunday morning. To see if you're right. We also brought you three new wallpapers from Ultimate Spider-Man and three new wallpapers from the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes to decorate your desktop with your favorite heroes and remind you that Marvel Universe premieres this Sunday. Did I mention that Marvel Universe premieres this Sunday? If not, I should mention that Marvel Universe premieres this Sunday. Earlier in the week, we continued our round of interviews with Man of Action, who are the writers and producers on Ultimate Spider-Man. Man Man of Action, is of course a studio made up of four creators who should be very familiar to comics fans. We've got Joe Casey, Joe Kelly, Stephen T. Siegel, and Duncan Rouleau. And this week we spoke with Joe Kelly, who has written a number of phenomenal Spider Man stories in the regular Marvel Comics and continues to do excellent work on the Ultimate Spider Man animated show. So he gave us his thoughts on breaking into animation, what's like working on the show, and, yeah, just what a joy it is to write Pierre Parker in general. We also announced today, if, again, you are listening to this on Thursday when this goes up, that we will be live blogging the premiere of the Marvel Universe block this Sunday morning. Uh, we will be live blogging with the East Coast premiere of this series. So we will begin our live blog at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 Central. We will run through through the full hour and a half, for the first hour, the premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man, we will have uh, some of the series' producers and writers, and for the last half hour, which is the season premiere of The Avengers' Earth's Mightiest Heroes, we'll also have some of the creators behind the show, who all will join, well that's the surprise. but. You'll be able to log on, chat with the creators, get their thoughts on the different series, and yeah, just pick their brains. So you should come join us again. That will be Sunday morning. Uh, You can watch the series premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man and the season premiere of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and chat with us and the creators while you're doing it. It'll be a great time. I will be there myself moderating the whole thing. You should join. Speaking of this weekend, we also have launch parties for Ultimate Spider-Man happening this Saturday in New York. It's happening at Midtown Comics downtown. It's the Midtown that's down on Fulton Street, I believe, and Joe Casada, who is of course our Marvel CCO, Joe Kelly, who I mentioned earlier, a man of action writer and Spider-Man writer from the comics will be there, as well as Chris Eliopoulos, who wrote the recent uh, Ultimate Spider-Man free comic uh, that took the screen grabs from the series and turned it into a story in comic form. That will happen from 12 to 4 p.m. in Mid- at Midtown Comics. You will get to have stuff signed by the creators. There will be a Q&A with them. There will also be screenings of the first episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. So, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll be able to see it a full day early. And in Los Angeles, we will also be having an Ultimate Spider-Man kickoff party. This one will be at Meltdown Comics over on Sunset, I believe? Yes. Yes, he is on Sunset. So, at Meltdown Comics, this Saturday from 12 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time, of course, you'll get to come. Again, there will be screenings of the first episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. We have some great talent in attendance. I believe we will have... Uh, Marvel head of television Jeff Loeb, Man of Action's Stephen T. Siegel and Duncan Rouleau. We'll have Clark Gregg, who plays Agent Phil Coulson in the Marvel movies, such as Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, and Marvel's The Avengers. And he also plays Principal Coulson in... Ultimate Spider Man. He voices the character. We'll also have uh, writer and producer for the show, Paul Dini, who wrote the hour long pilot and is well known to many fans of superhero animation. We'll have Misty Lee, who voices Aunt May in the Ultimate Spider Man series. And I believe that may be it for there, but it'll be a great show, great cast of creators that will be there. You can come. Again, there will be a Q&A with them, there will be a signing, and it will be a great time. Apart from that, tomorrow we'll also be bringing you some clips from the series premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man and the season premiere of Avengers vs Mightiest Heroes. You can get a little preview of everything you have in store this Sunday. And that pretty much covers everything we have for Marvel television news this week. Hopping over to film news, we have a lot of Marvel's The Avengers action going on. Of course, Marvel's The Avengers comes out in just five short weeks, which is very hard for me to believe since I've been, you know, or we all have been, of course, working on this movie for well over a year now, but we brought you news of the Avengers Assemble album, which is an album of music inspired by and from the Marvel's The Avengers film, which includes a new single from Soundgarden, which is their first new single in, I believe, 15 years? So you can look forward to that. That will be available on May 1st. We brought you two rounds of new photos from the film. We got you ten shots from the film itself, featuring each of the heroes, and we also had six behind-the-scenes photos, which gave you a little peek at director Joss Whedon and some of the actors in action on the set. We announced that Marvel's The Avengers will be closing out the 2012 Tribeca Film Festival. It will be showing as part of the festival the night of April 28th, about a week before it comes out in theaters in the U.S. So if you're going to the Tribeca Film Festival, if you live in New York, look it up. I don't know if tickets are still available. They may be. I don't know if they've gone on sale yet. You should check it out. There's more info on marvel.com, including links to where you can find more info on it and tomorrow again friday assuming you're listening to this on thursday when this goes up we will be unveiling the lego poster for marvel's the avengers which is incredibly cute It basically takes that final Avengers poster that we all know which features, you know, all of the Avengers in the rubble of a destroyed New York and it replaces the characters with the Legos of them all in the exact same poses. It's incredible. You get to see a little Lego Iron Man with his mask flipped up and a little uh, Lego Hawkeye a rather large lego hulk as is befitting the hulk but you can check that out on marvel.com tomorrow friday morning and that brings us to a close for this week's this week in marvel with that i bid you adieu and i will speak to you next week true believers
0: now it is time for questions from you guys, the fans. Again, if you have any questions or comments you want us to address or discuss on the podcast, just tweet using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You don't have to include our usernames because that'll give you more characters to use in your question or comment. First up on our sheet is from at Dirty He says, if you get Team Barrowman on This Week in Marvel, you will truly be a god in my eyes. So what Mark Smith at Dirty Lash is tweeting about is that today I saw Dan Slott tweet that John Barrowman, who plays Captain Jack on Doctor Who and in Torchwood, will be at C2E2. But he has a panel at the same time Dan Slott has a panel. Slottie was very upset by it because he's a huge Doctor who, f- who fan, as am I, and he really wants to meet John Barrowman. And I tweeted to Team Barrowman that, hey, if you want to come by the Marvel booth, you know we'll do some fun stuff with you. So that would be super cool. I would love to get him to do a little mini Marvel podcast, take some photos on the stage at C2E2 with us. It'd be really cool. So hopefully we can make it happen, but I make no guarantees. At RCS underscore T tweeted, Is there anyone from this week in Marvel coming to Emerald City Comic Con? Well, five of us who produce this podcast in some way, shape, or form, I'm going to say no. Emerald City Comic Con is this week. Oh yeah. Won't be there. No. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Ain't happening. There may be someone from Marvel. I don't know. I'm sure we have artists who are in the Pacific Northwest and writers, so maybe they'll make it out there. Unfortunately, we won't be there. But if you go, have fun. Buy some Marvel comics. At Lincoln Phoenix tweeted, Who would you have on your dream Avengers team? This is a good question. Ben, why don't you start us off? I
1: always liked the template that Kurt Busiek used back when he relaunched Avengers, which was he had the big three, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, then a few classics like Vision and Hawkeye, as well as Miss Marvel, and then added two completely new to the team characters in Firestar and Justice. So I'm a big fan of kind of, I think you got to have that big three as the core. Uh, I think Hawkeye is a given. I like having the Vision there as well. I think in recent years, uh, Luke Cage has really proved his worth, so I keep him around. I like Spider-Woman as well. And then i really want to get some new blood in there, which is tough now because, like, everyone has been an Avenger at this point. (laughs) But I was thinking about this the other day. The only member of the Fantastic Four who has never been an Avenger is the Human Torch. Hmm. So I would love to see the Human Torch on that team. And then I think it would be cool to – I like what they're doing now with Storm bringing an X-Man over there. So I'm always a big fan of that. And I think something that would be really interesting is to bring in Kitty Pride, who, quintessential X-Men, has always been learning from them, kind of groomed to be their next big thing. I'd like to see her flip over to the Avengers. So that's kind of a rough guide of, of who I might include. That's cool.
0: I'd want Dr. Druid. Got to have Dr. Yeah. Druid.
1: Oh, yeah, forgot him. Yeah, must have. Rocket
0: Raccoon. Mm-hmm, I'd like mm-hmm. to throw Rocket in there. Because sure. he's, he's a small raccoon. Yeah, Dude. I know. A lot of, lot of... And where Rocket Raccoon goes, goes, Groot goes. Right. I love. I just love those characters. Put them on there. Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Could just because. Right. So this is the Guardians
1: of the Galaxy and Dr. Druid so far. Best Avengers team ever, right? Yeah, right. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Is Dr. Druid the leader? Of course. Because if Dr. Druid's not the leader, you know he's going home. Yeah. Yeah. Why even waste his time? Right. <laughs> Put Thing on there. Need a good bruiser. And
0: let's see. We need someone psychic. Moonstone. Yeah. yeah. Moonstone? Moondragon? Need someone psychic on there, so... Moondragon. Okay.
1: So, yeah, I guess I was wrong with my team. Yeah, yours you were way yours, off. Yours is the
0: quintessential Avengers team. Yeah. What about you, Blake? Who would uh, be on your Avenger squad?
2: It has changed due to Avengers Alliance. Um, <laughs> I only need War Machine and the Hulk. And I'll throw in like yeah. Beta Ray Bill or something.
1: That would be a, that would be a heck <laughs> of a team to read about every month. <laughs> yeah. Just their interactions would be fantastic. The so Hulk, star. are you angry? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm War Machine. I'm gonna shoot you and make you angry. Yeah. So. That's it. Okay, Nancy.
2: I don't know. Um, I do like the big three, of the and I do want to see an X Men on there. I just don't know which one. I don't know about Kitty Pride though.
1: So what was your problem with Kitty Pride? <laughs> I don't
2: know. I just don't like her that much.
0: Oh
1: All right. <laughs> As a biker, would you like to see Ghost Rider on the no. team? No. 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 Okay. What, what about the female Ghost Rider, who is more like you as a female biker?
2: No.
1: Nope. I think there's more to Nancy than just being a biker, and she doesn't want to be pigeonholed. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Strive. All right. At AdGabJoe. Ad Ad Joe,
0: tweeted, Hi, guys. Any plans to bring the Marvel app to Kindle Fire? How about Marvel AR and all that? Thanks. Well, Adam... There are no current plans to bring the Marvel app to Kindle Fire, unfortunately. Nothing to speak of at this moment. As far as Marvel AR, Marvel Events, I haven't tried the, the, the Amazon App Store until right this very moment, <laughs> as I open up wow. my Kindle Fire,
1: Yeah, click is, Apps, click is, Store. This is live play-by-play, you using your Kindle Fire. Although... Very exciting. Blake could very well
0: edit this down so it sounds a little bit better and cleaner.
1: I don't know. This is is real, though. This is gritty. Yeah.
0: The only Marvel content you can get on the Kindle Fire is through the Comics app as well as the X-Men arcade game, which is available from Konami. That's that's 99 cents. It's great. But yeah, right now we don't have those on the Amazon App Store, and I don't believe there are any plans. But... Hopefully, that could change. I just don't see that happening anytime soon. All right, two from AtTheNinja1991. First one, I'm a big Spidey fan,
1: and I want to web-swing. Is there a way I can do that or do something like it? No, we do not endorse trying to web-swing in any ways. You did not hear any endorsement from us. No, 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 do not try to web-swing. I cannot emphasize that enough. Agreed. The other one from
0: AtTheNinja1991. Please do not let Michael Bay do any Marvel movies. Please, I beg you, please. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, what? I'm gonna counter you. I love Michael Bay movies. I could watch Armageddon on repeat every day for two days straight, not even sleeping or leaving the couch. I could watch that movie over and over again, and I will cry every time that Ben Affleck has to watch mm-hmm. his father
1: figure sacrifice. It yeah. just breaks me. Spoiler. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. That movie came out in 1997. Yeah, man, I would be interesting to see Michael Bay do a uh, Hulk and War Machine movie. Because you got explosions. That's the premier Avengers team. You got, yeah, the quintessential Avengers. You've got big explosions from War Machine. Hulk would be special effects crazy. That's that's my new goal. Yeah. Get Michael Bay to make a Hulk and War Machine movie. Maybe I, with better A-Bill. I don't know. Yeah. I love
0: big exploding movies, so whatever. And he, he does it. He does it well. Deal with it. But that said, there are no plans for Michael Bay to do a Marvel movie. Right. We're not endorsing that idea. If that ever happens, cool. Yep. If it doesn't, cool. It is what it is. It's not in our purview. Also, again, do not try to web swing. Yeah, seriously. Please. Be safe. Yeah. We need you, we need you commenting every week. Yes. Can't have you doing all that crazy stuff. All right, couple from at Pancake
1: First one says, What was the first Marvel comic you ever bought? I, I don't I can remember two. I don't know which one came first. One was a Web of Spider-Man and these are ones I got like at the local drugstore. One was a web of Spider-Man where he fought the looter. And it was, I know now, I didn't know why then, it was just after Wolverine versus Spider-Man because he had the German costume. <laughs> uh, it says, uh, like, the spider in German on the back. Die Spine. It says Die Spine on the back. And I'm like, what? what is this about? And I had no idea what was going on, but it was really fun. Uh, the looter tries to loot Aunt May's nursing home that she had set up. She had set up, like, a halfway house and... Spider-Man stops him. And then the other one I remember getting really early on was a Chris Claremont, Mark Silvestri issue of Uncanny of X-Men, which is actually the first appearance of the Reavers. And it was their first issue in the Australian Outback where they had just tumbled through the siege perilous. So again, I kind of didn't know what was going on. It was actually strangely a good jumping on point because it was starting a whole new status quo, and that kick-started my X-Men love very early.
0: Nice. I don't remember the first ones that I bought the first ones I can remember buying were X Men number three by Claremont and Lee and Infinity Gauntlet number six. I've talked about that a bunch of times on yeah. the podcast.
2: Blake? I don't know the, the first ones I bought, but I had a woman who lived behind me who owned a oh drugstore. Where's this going? And she would give me old X Men comics. Yeah. Like X Men number 60 or 66 was the first. Like original. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she kept handing me Hulk yep. and things like that. So what did you
1: have to do? Don't don't answer. That. Silence, yeah, Stephanie. let's just move on. Was
0: <laughs> she also running a moonshine business yeah. out of the back
1: <laughs> of her house? Potentially. Yeah.
0: So the other one from at PancakeQ, Mark Wade has made Daredevil my favorite superhero. What are some good
1: arcs or runs to read? Can't get enough. Well, Jeffrey Frost, PancakeQ. Uh, it's an interesting question because there are a lot of good Daredevil stories, but the interesting thing you will encounter if you have not read Daredevil before is that Mark Wade's Daredevil is very different from a lot of the quintessential Daredevil runs, which doesn't mean you shouldn't check them out because the Frank Miller stuff from the original Electra saga to Born Again to I love his... Man Without Fear with John Veta oh, yeah. Jr., the Brian Michael Bendis run, the Ed Brubaker run, the Kevin Smith, Joe Cassada, Guardian Devil, all great stuff, but definitely a much grittier Daryl, but still well worth your while. Yeah, the
0: Ann Nescenti JRJR yep. stuff. Yep. I mean, yeah, they're they're all very different in tone mm-hmm. and, and style and flavor than what we have now. But they're all great. And, yeah. I, and I'm with you. I like I'm a huge Daredevil fan. I have been for a long time. And he's in the past 10 12 years oh, yeah. have been like really the the best that daredevil's
1: daredevil's one of those books where you get handed daredevil it's a big responsibility because you're following up some real giants the cool thing about those stories though is also if you're reading daredevil now even though it's a different tone now you really get a sense of where the character came from yeah. where the foundation was laid and of course you should also check out the quintessential uh, daredevil movie starring ben affleck really brought daredevil to life in a way that none of us will ever forget.
0: Yeah, so definitely stick to the comics. All right, a couple from at Ms. Marvel Girl. She says, So hooked on Avengers Alliance Twitch. She misspelled Twitch. You know what? Ben? If she was
1: anyone else, I'd be upset, but we love
0: Jen. All right. And another one, she says, I actually had to create a text template on my phone with our hashtag for tweeting. Aww. That's dedication. It's nice. Thank you. At Lord, Max Corwin tweets, now on his penultimate issue, how the do you pronounce penultimate? Yeah. yeah. Now on his penultimate issue, how do you pronounce the name Docken? And he says Daken or Daykin. wrong on both counts. Yeah. So Daken. how about that?
1: It's closer to Ken, but it's it's definitely Docken, like like the band.
0: I was going to say like the the awesome 80s yep. metal band, Docken. Rock, rockin' like Docken. There you go. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Rockin' like Docken is how you should think about it. Yep. At Simon Sebs tweets, "Why was the Blade anime moved to 4 a.m.? I can't stay up that late." Well, Simon, I don't know. That is life in Hollywood, I yeah. guess. Tweet Strami. Tell Strami about that. I'm yeah. sure he's not heard about We'd like that would like to before. hear about it. At BradTheYM tweets, could you guys give us your WrestleMania 28 picks on all the matches, please? Hashtag WrestlingFansUnite.
1: Well, Brad, you actually, uh, to save a little time here and to give some love, if you check out the uh, Mania podcast this week, which just went up, and you can find it by following at Pat Loica, Loika, L O I K A, myself, Ryan, this week in Marvel alumni James Biscardi, we were all guests this week and we talked about WrestleMania for a solid two hours. So was it two hours? It was two hours, I remember. No. Yeah. Wow. Because I was starving. So I remember how long it was. That was really late at night yep. too. Why were you eating? Uh because my wife works. From seven to seven, so I wait for her to get home and grab dinner with her. Fair enough. So.
0: All right. Yeah, we had a lot of great picks. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. My wife and I we were watching the Raw from this oh, yeah. week, and she—I guess she had never watched a Randy Orton match. She has a new wrestling crush. And oh wow, Randy Orton. She was like, he moves so fast and he's so sleek. That's I, funny. She's, she's like, I don't like his sleeves, but he's really <sighs> good. She
1: actually made me rewind uh, a drop kick he did to Kane. That's so funny because my wife, when we watch wrestling, she thinks Randy Orton is just gross. She thinks he looks like a sociopath, Well, she yeah, does he look does, like a sociopath, it's cool. but yeah, she that's a, that's a very interesting wrestling crush. My wife's wrestling crush is John Cena, which is boring and classic.
0: Yeah. My wife's, Elizabeth's other crush is The Rock. Yeah. And I, I. Who can blame her? She was like, we got to go to sleep. It's late. I'm like, look, your boyfriend's coming on. Ah. Let's just finish this episode and then we'll go to sleep. Yeah. Anyway, enough wrestling talk for yes, now. Yes, for now. And then another one from at Brad the YM. Is there a reason the Marvel app has a number point comics online recently? Way to hawk us in new titles. I think he's saying point
1: one comics, which we've just been, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good way to get people jumped in because point one titles are designed to be jumping on point. So yeah. putting them up on the app is a great way to let people sample new series. So, yep. certainly something will be continuing.
0: At Figgy999 tweets, My favorite background music to listen to while
1: reading comics is the dulcet sounds of This
0: Week in Marvel.
1: Oh, you're too kind, Figgy999. That would probably go nuts if I was listening to us talk while trying to read comics. Yeah, that's, not, that's a nightmare <laughs> and a half.
0: <laughs> At Captain Malcolm tweeted, A book where Namor is the Captain Jack Harkness of the Marvel Universe hitting on everything? I would love that. M. Russell Nelson? is referring to a comment I made last week while we were talking about Uncanny X-Men. We were talking about how Namor mm-hmm. is great, when, especially right now, written by Kieran Gillen, yep. and how he's just like this sex-crazed, awesome, crazy, alpha dude. And I, I said I just want to see him hitting on everything. Everything. And so Cat Malcolm has equated that to Jack Harkness in Doctor Who and Torchwood, which ties back to oh, another question. Call Look back. All comes around. Nope. Captain Jack in the show, he loved the ladies, he loved yep. the men, he loved the aliens, he loved them all.
1: I think he's, he's one of my favorite characters in the series. In the words of Justin Timberlake, comes around, comes around, comes back around. Yep. I love when I can just bring you to silence. Yeah. And I do it like three times a podcast. Good stuff, huh? Yep. All right.
0: We got a couple now from at Alex underscore M Morales. For some reason, I knew Agent M wanted to destroy, burn, and take to the sun John Carter, Gods of Mars. We talked about that last week. Sam Humphreys and Ramon Perez just kicked the hell out of that comic. So good. Just want to cut them a thousand times, probably. Push them down a flight of stairs and then hug them because it's so good. Yep, hug them back to health. Yep, another one from Alex. When writers are scripting a book, do they usually write the whole arc or a number of issues before they are sent to press?
1: When writers are scripting a book, everyone works differently, everyone has their own style, but generally before an arc, they and the editor will work on an outline of what's coming up. In this day and age, with so many books coming out in such frequency, I don't think you're going to see anyone who's writing and literally coming up with the next month's issue the month before. Everyone's got some sort of long-term plan. How long-term that is, you know, some guys like Rick Remender or Jonathan Hickman plan years in advance, and then other guys will you know, plan the next couple arcs. But also the editors play a big role because we have our planning meetings here, we have our summits, and a lot of times they'll know at least a rough idea of what's coming up in the books for quite some time to come, and then it's a matter of the writers will kind of break and outline a arc and then get down to the actual task of writing the scripts one yeah. by one. Yeah, I mean, the
0: summit, the creative summit that I went to in January, they were talking about books well into 2013, yep. and those are general storylines, and I'm sure... Bits and pieces of those are written by the writers already at this point. But some guys, like we were talking to Sam Humphreys at WonderCon, he talked about writing Marvel style, which means he does the plot, gives it to the artist, and then scripts it at a later stage. So the script itself can be done in a bunch of different ways. So again, like Ben said, it's all dependent upon the creator themselves and how they work. Another one from Alex. How does the relationship of
1: writer-artist work? What comes first? what goes later on? What recommendations do you have? Well, with the writer and the artist relationship, again, it changes by the creative team, but in most cases, the writer will put the script together. They will give it over to the editor. The editor is kind of a conduit, the Gobatine. They will pass it to the artist, the penciler, uh, or if it's just a penciler anchor, and then they will work on the various stages and The writer and editor continue checking in when it gets to pencils, when it gets to inks. Sometimes it goes from sketches to pencils to inks. So it usually starts with the writer, goes to the editor, goes to the artist. But as Ryan noted, some guys work Marvel style, so they will do just a plot, and then that will go to the artist who will then sketch out from the plot, and then it goes back to the writer who will script it, fill it in. So there's a couple different ways that it works. What goes later on, you know, you still have to do a lot of post-production stuff as far as, or really in-production stuff, like putting the letters in, coloring, tightening up, things like that. And again, the editors are really the ones producing. They're kind of the producer of the movie. They're directing all those things. Yeah, and even
0: the, the writer and the editor, as everything is already colored and laid out and lettered, we will take another pass at it and mm-hmm. look at it and say, you know what, maybe this dialogue doesn't work here. We have to tighten up the text in this bubble. It's just it's too, it's too much. So yeah. there's a lot of steps into it. There's no one single way. Right. There's no one perfect way.
1: And usually a book's not done until right before it goes off to press. There will be changes right up until the end. Yeah. Just little tweaks and stuff like that. Yeah. Recommendations, I, I don't know what that question means.
0: Yep. Yeah. Another one from Alex. If I wanted to start a comic book shop in my country, who should I contact in Marvel to be able to sell their books here? Well, Alex, that really depends on what country you're in and who the main distributor is. In America, and I believe in Canada, it's Diamond Comics. They are the main distributor of comics throughout the region. So, you know, if you're opening a shop, you have to open up an account with them, and then you order monthly from their previews catalog. And that's how it's done. you know, you get a, a discount and all this other stuff. I mean, that that's part of the business of being a comic shop retailer. Where you are, I, I don't know. It's really starting with finding who the distributor is in your region and going from there. Now we're on to Patrick Monster's questions, who we still cannot pronounce his Twitter name. So he's just Patrick Monster. Yep. Did I earn a few twin points for stumping ben with the brew question
1: i think you did well you can get twin points from ryan but you're getting twin demerits for me so you're breaking even yep so you're you're exactly where you
0: were before another one from patrick monster tried playing the penultimate drinking game probably shouldn't do that at work anymore
1: probably shouldn't do that at all yeah that's, we say that a lot yeah we we do not intend to get you drinking with our uses of penultimate and don't make us start having to be responsible with our uses of 10 ultimate Because right? we will never do that. Yeah, that is not fair to us. I'm not going to stop using that damn word. No, it's a great word.
0: Alex Gimmel tweets, What match are you most excited to see at WrestleMania? Don't know if this is something that I could tweet to this week in Marvel. And that's fine. I mean, yeah. we, we work with WWE a lot, so yeah, we're happy sure. to talk about
1: it. Uh, you know, I, I would have two answers. I'm very excited to see CM Punk versus Chris Jericho, just from a perspective I think it's going to be a great match. But, I mean, I think Roxena... Just to see that, just to see it actually unfold, and what it's going to be like when they finally hook it up. I think that's that's my ultimate answer.
0: I hope they hug, and then Ric Flair descends from yep. the ceiling and beats them both. That's how I predict WrestleMania 28 will end. The match I'm most excited for is Punk Jericho, just because really enjoyed Punk as I've gotten back into WWE, and Jericho oh, has since his ECW days been one of my absolute favorite wrestlers. Mm-hmm. At epoch two five two tweets. I just reread the trades collecting Marvel Fanfare one through seven. Will the rest of the series be collected in trade form?
1: That trade came out gotta be a couple years ago yeah. now, and I really liked it. It was uh, I was not expecting anything from it. It's a really fun collection of stories, uh, some great art, some great writing. Because it's been so long, I think the prospects of getting a follow up probably aren't as strong as they were. But you know make people in the trades department aware that you want one, and certainly it's not outside their own possibility. I'd like to see it. At Mold Witch tweets,
0: is the Deadpool solo title going to continue indefinitely, or is it stopping?
1: It's not going anywhere. When we had Jordan White on here a few episodes ago, he was asked the same question. He said there's no plans. I think some people are confused because the current storyline is called Dead, and it's about Deadpool trying to die, but despite this plan, whether it succeeds or not, there are no plans to stop the Deadpool series. There have already been issues solicited post this story arc.
0: Yeah. And
1: Deadpool and
0: Death yeah. have
1: a pretty good relationship. It's
0: true. So, dude dies. He's yeah. still
1: got stuff going on. Yeah. Could be a fun, like, you know, relationship drama. The book might just morph.
0: Final question of the week is from at mcgee 99 I love that Twitter name. I'm going to it's be honest. It's a good one. It's a, it's good, a good one. one. Just got back into Marvel and started with Ultimate X. Read all five
1: in series. Where does the timeline go from here? Uh, I would recommend picking up Ultimate Comics Ultimates because that's the next place those characters appear. But you're also going to want to pick up Ultimate Fallout, I guess, before that because that really sets up the current Ultimate Comics universe. And from there, you can read Ultimate Comics X-Men, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. But yeah, I guess start with Ultimate Fallout and then take it from there. You'll have a lot of fun. Good books
0: yep so that wraps up episode 22 of This Week in Marvel you guys should have checked out episode 21.5 which was my interview with Joe Kelly and Steven Siegel two of the Man of Action members we talked about Ultimate Spider-Man we have two more Mm mini-podcasts already done that
1: Blake is going to edit we should also note that coming up the week after Avengers vs. X-Men number one... So two weeks? Yes, two weeks from now, we are going to be having Tom Brevort and Nick Lowe, the respective Avengers and X-Men editors, on one of the mini-podcasts. We've already gotten them to agree in principle, so... We're going to be asking you guys for questions very soon, so start thinking about Avengers versus X-Men questions you have, and we will be shooting those to Tom and Nick, and we'll be putting calls out on Twitter for those.
0: Yep, and then in between those, and we have more minis coming up, we have Chris Baker and we have Tom Cohen, both who work in Marvel's Los Angeles office. Those will be released on upcoming Tuesdays, depending on when we release everything else. But lots of podcast stuff. I'm going to C2E2 in a couple weeks. I will hopefully get more mini-episodes
1: for you guys, and we'll just keep doing this. We're also less than a month out from uh, episode number 25, and anyone who reads comics knows that 25 has to be a big one, so if you have ideas for stuff we should do for our big anniversary, uh, that's fine. Who thought we would make it this far? Me. Yes. You had full confidence. Total confidence. Yes.
0: All right. So, thank you, Blake. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Strami. Thank you, Benjamin. And thank you to all the listeners. This is another great episode. I hope I hope. Really? Uh, let's, let's just say it's a great episode. It was a f- great episode. Yeah. Darn it. It was yeah. a fantastic episode. One of the uh, best. All right. Guys, you have a great weekend, great week, whatever you're doing. Enjoy yourselves. Have fun. Be safe. This is Marvel, your universe.